Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Your morning starts now. It's the Q102 Jeff and Jen podcast, brought to you by CVG Airport. Fly healthy through CVG. For more information, go to CVG Airport backslash fly healthy. I have been on the road for the last five months. I don't know, man. I just really thinking the worst of people. <laughs> really am. You see some of the animals. Some of the animals I see. Like I was in the airport the other day, right? I'm sitting there waiting for my flight, just hating my life. And this, watching this, watching this lady. She's eating egg McMuffins, like plural. It just threw like three of them. Right down her throat, like a pelican. Just like right down her gullet. And when she was done, she wiped her face with the bag. Oh, with the bag. Not even like a gentleman. Like, oh, just do the corners. And she just got a straight razor shave. It's an absolute animal. I saw this other dude, he was so out of shape, he was like trying to itch his back and he couldn't reach it. So he walked up to a support pole that was holding up an entire floor of the airport and just walks up and he just starts like rubbing up against it. Like a grizzly bear, just an animal. Bill Burr, Jeff and Jen, Cincinnati's Q102. How'd you like some more alcohol in your white claw? Brace yourself. Also, your partner probably wants an open relationship. We'll explain why. It's Wednesday, the 14th of April of 2021. We're Jeff and Jen, and here it is, your news that didn't make the news on Cincinnati's Q102. Before we get to those stories, if we're spending half our time at work, slacking off and a third of a day dreaming, there really isn't much time left for actual work, is there? Uh, According to a new study, people spend an average of 37% of their time at work with their mind wandering. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) There's just a lot to think about. And the times when we're most likely to be daydreaming are Friday afternoons, as well as Monday mornings and Tuesday mornings. (laughs) And Wednesday afternoons. (laughs) Thursday midday. What was the day last week where the three of us all had, like, just... It was Friday. It was Friday. Throwing the towel in. I feel like it's always slap-happy Friday around here. (laughs) We were pretty slap-happy on Friday. And it started, like... At like five forty-five, as soon as these two got to the work, something yeah. had happened. Yeah, I don't even know what it was, but it was something ridiculous, and we just were like, "Ah!" And that's how the whole show went. What's interesting is that's really not the norm. That sort of flies in the face because the times that we typically concentrate <laughs> the best are Wednesday afternoons and Friday mornings. No. The study also found people who are stressed spend more time daydreaming at work than people who are calm and a little more focused. 
It's so easy to just be like, what else was I supposed to be doing right now instead of this report, you know? Yeah. Or what do I have to do later? Or what do I, what's coming up this week? When all the gyms closed last year, everyone realized, hey, maybe I don't need a gym to necessarily get into shape. Yep, that didn't work. <laughs> Same. <laughs> Because technically, like, first, everyone spent three months not exercising and eating three gallons of ice cream a night. But after that, people realized, hey, maybe I don't need a gym to get in shape. But according to a new survey, two out of three people say the past year actually helped them realize they can work out without a gym membership. And here are the things that people like more about working out at home. Uh, at home, they feel more confident trying new and different workouts than they would, say, in a gym. Uh, there is the flexibility on when you can work out. There are more choices of activities you can do. Uh, they say it helps with mental health, at least in their experience. Uh, they don't feel judged by other people because they're not there. Uh, there's more motivation. And, of course, not having to commute to the gym. Tell you, the past few months I've been working out with a trainer who actually lives in Las Vegas, and we do it over Zoom. And it's been awesome. Like, I love it. Like, I would never, I really don't think I would ever go to a gym and work out with a trainer. I just never. Is she doing the workout like, with you? Are you, like, mirroring her? Or is she kind of just coaching you? No, she's you, coaching or? me. She's coaching me through all kinds of different She's like, like five more. She three is a more. Friend. No, she's like a friend of a friend. Always feel confident on your second date with help from the Plastic Surgery Group. Schedule a consultation at 513-791-4440 or at theplasticsurgerygroup.com. Surgery has an art. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Friend, mm-hmm. and she's like sixth in the world in CrossFit. I mean, this woman is. Are you doing CrossFit? No. I don't think what so. What do you do? Like, what are you doing? Cardio? She, she's got, no, it's it's weights. A lot of weights, a lot of squats, a lot of strength plank. training. It's all strength stuff. And um, it's just, I just absolutely love it. It's like an hour, three days a week at home in my house. You know, I got a handful of, of weights and a yoga mat and we just go. But it's amazing the things that she can get me to do at home. Yeah. That you would think you'd have to be in a gym for. Yeah. Like, no. I mean, that really is the trend. You know, we're seeing a lot of people do that with, um, you know, not just Zoom. Oh, like but, Peloton. Uh, yeah, Peloton. Stuff like that. Those, like, What's mirror that mirror workouts. thing? That always oh, the looks kind of cool. Yeah. I have a friend that has that, and they absolutely love it. And I think in the beginning, it's kind of pricey. Like, to buy the actual mirror, it's a little pricey. Isn't it like eleven hundred or twelve hundred dollars. I, I believe so, but then you have to do the subscription service with it. Like right. you have to pay. That just doesn't come with it. You have to pay every month to do that workout. But they love it, yeah. and it's like a family thing for them. Mm-hmm. Everyone uses it. Well, another news that didn't make the news this morning that we think should have. 
White Claw. Let's talk about White Claw here for a second. White Claw has a pretty good amount of alcohol in it, about the same amount as a regular beer. But if that is not enough for you, White Claw just came out with a brand new product called Surge. See, this scares me because I love seltzers. Like, I love hard seltzers. I love regular seltzers. But my issue with the White Claws is that that I drink it like I do a beer. And I feel like I get really drunk on them. Yeah, it doesn't take long. Which makes me scared if they're putting more alcohol in it. Like Surge, it just makes it sound like it's going to be like the Red Bull. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, it's a different kind of surge. It's a hard seltzer that comes in a bigger 16-ounce can. So not only is it a bigger can, but the percentage of alcohol by volume is more. So like in a regular White Claw, which comes in a 12-ounce can, that's 5% alcohol by volume, which is about the same as a regular beer. Uh the surge comes in a bigger 16-ounce can, and it's 8% alcohol by volume. The new White Claw Surge flavors are cranberry and blood orange. They should be hitting stores now. Uh, they kind of needed these to keep up with the market. Truly also has a new 16-ounce can of seltzer that's 8% alcohol by volume, and Bud Light Platinum Seltzer is also 8%. Mm. It'll get the job done. That's a lot of alcohol in a drink. 8%. Seems a bit much. Yep. And speaking of beer, Bush Beer just announced they want to hire a dog as their new CTO. That's chief tasting officer to try their non-alcoholic beer for dogs called Dog Brew and to be the face of the brand. How do I do it? How do I sign Steve up? I know, because Steve could, I mean, this is a $20,000 paycheck. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So if Steve, you, Steve needs a new patio set. <laughs> just, just saying. Steve needs a new patio yeah. set? Yeah. We've seen hundreds of resumes come through the door. Being our chief tasting officer is a serious job. It'll be your sole responsibility to shepherd the great taste of Bush. Research new flavors. Take on pet projects. Your bark will have to be as good as your bite. So... Are you up for it? This isn't going to be easy. Is your pup qualified to be Bush Dog Brew's chief tasting officer? Learn how to apply at bush.com slash CTO, and your pup could win a $20,000 salary. Yeah, and if you do want to get your dog in the running, you can tweet a picture of Steve or your dog and his or her qualifications by the 28th of this month. Yeah, some guy on YouTube named Michael Reeves got his hands on one of Boston Dynamics robot dogs and modified it so that the robot dog pees beer. So if you put your cup, just (laughs) take your cup, put it on the floor, the robot dog can find it, line itself up, and fill your cup. Put a a little squirt of lager in there. (laughs) Yeah. He hasn't hasn't worked out the kinks, though. So it... It does sometimes miss the cup and ends up peeing on the floor. (laughs) But he recently showed it off to some of his friends. Cincinnati's Q102. It's Jeff and Jen, 720. Possibility of a light shower this morning as you're heading into work, mainly to our south. Otherwise, partly cloudy today, high in the mid-60s.
52 now. I don't, <clears throat> excuse me, I don't know if this is a, um, I don't know if this is a side effect of being mostly stuck at home for an entire year with your significant other or if this was the attitude and we just hadn't talked about it until now. But they asked 9,400 Americans, 9,400 Americans, how open they would be to an open relationship. Would you be interested? Yeah. Did they say how old these people were? Is there an, is, you know, are these mostly people in their 20s, yes. 30s, 40s? Yes. The level of interest varies based on age, okay. which I'll get to. Okay. Um, so the idea is that, you know, you could date more than one person simultaneously. That's mm-hmm. what we're defining an open relationship where you mm-hmm. can date more than one person simultaneously. Wow. So this is just dating. We're, we're not talking about getting married and having an open marriage. Correct. But it also includes hooking up, right? Like dating includes the oh, You can do whatever you want. Yeah. Hmm. What percentage do you think of people, you know, would be open to that idea? Two or three out of ten. Wow. I don't know. Jen is correct. Really? Yes. 28% of Americans say they would be interested in an open relationship. 28% of Americans, including about one in seven, who'd be very interested. (laughs) Uh, Now, 13% of people say, eh, they're not really interested, but they wouldn't shut it down either. So that means, like, if you went to your partner and said, hey... I've been thinking about us maybe opening up the relationship. They wouldn't, they would be like. There's a three in eh. 10 chance they'd say, eh. let's talk about it. Consider it. Yeah. Uh, the percentage of people who have zero interest is still the majority. It is 52%. But 52 is not very much. No. I mean, when you think about it. Well, you know what I've always said about marriage. You know, marriage was invented back in the time where the life expectancy was 30. So it was very easy to get married at 14, have a couple of kids and stay with that person till you know, you die at 30. Yeah. Now, you know, people are together for a very long time. Part was realistic. It was pretty realistic. Yeah. It's a little tougher now. I do know a situation that this there was a girl I know that her husband cheated on her. And she told him after the fact and said, if you just would have asked me about maybe inviting inviting that person in mm-hmm. or, you know, all of us participating, I would have been open to that. You didn't have to just go do it by yourself. And I was a little shocked Interesting. about that situation as well. Yeah. So with only 52% of the respondents saying, they had zero interest in an open relationship. It's basically a coin flip whether your partner is totally yeah. against it or not. Yeah. Would you two ask the guys? You guys are in committed relationships with your. Do you think they're going to admit that they? <laughs> I mean, why wouldn't they? I I'll would. be honest. No, I don't. Want, I have no interest in that. Same. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you why. No. Because I watched Big Love on HBO. And you saw the trouble that guy That had. guy was married to at least, a handful. at least three when I was watching it. It was exhausting. 
<laughs> Listen, I got HBO Max. I, I almost went back and revisited you that loved show. That show. I loved that show because it was the most realistic, real world depiction of that life of being married to more than one person. He was married to three. I didn't see the whole series from start to finish, but I watched mm-hmm. you know a lot of it. And he might have even introduced a fourth at one point during that series run. Uh, the late Bill Paxton was the star of the mm-hmm. show. Paxton or Paxton? I don't Paxton. remember. Of the mm-hmm. show. And, you know, you think you got drama and issues. I mean, a relationship is work. So if something isn't quite right between you and your partner and you're working at that, times that by two or three. Not to say that things can't be great, but... There were many moments where, <laughs> because they had to, they had a schedule, and the wives all worked it out. They said he's going to be with you on these nights, and me with these nights, and you with those nights. And there would be, a, and, and we're not going to deviate from that. Okay, no matter what's going on, we're going to stick to the schedule. That's how they kept order in the family because he had children with all these women. So he had to divide that time equally. Now, that's polygamy, though. I mean, if we're talking just an open relationship. Certainly. I know these are two different things. But I watched how he would struggle, like, on a night where something wasn't quite right with one of his wives. And it was a major issue that needed to be addressed. And he was feeling bad about it. And he was feeling sort of disconnected from her. Mm -hmm. And it was bothering him. Yet he has to... He's be with this with other, other one. yeah. He's got to be with this other person that he loves very much. But because it was her day, is that why? Because it to... was her day. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. And so he's a little distant. He's not really there. Do you think he would have been a happier guy if he would have just married one of them and then you know got to date randoms here and there? I just totally for... do. Yeah. See, he overcommitted. <laughs> he overcommitted. I think he did overcommit. Yeah, he should have just stuck with the dating and. Hooking up on the I side. I think my boyfriend would feel like you, Jeff. Like, Fritch is already, she's exhausting enough. I can't take on anything else. I, know, I mean, we joke about it, but it's true <laughs> yeah. to, to some degree. Well, yeah. I think a lot of these, though, really, when you're looking for an open relationship, it's a matter of, okay, I'm, you're my, you're my person. I'm in love with you. We're partners. We're a team. And I'm kind of attracted to other people now and then. Would it be okay if, you know, on a Saturday night when you're, over at your mom's house. Would it be all right if I just went and hooked up with this one that I met that I thought was really hot? You know, nothing big, but just, you know, let me go have some fun for a few hours and then I'll meet you later. Yeah. yeah. I think that's kind of what these yeah. people are relationships envisioning. are envisioning and looking at. Because, I mean, come on. You guys have all been in relationships for a long time. Are you going to tell me that not every once in a while you run into somebody that you find attractive? Oh, yeah, all the time. All the time. Mm-hmm. Or if you weren't with the person that you're with that you'd be like, huh. I might be interested in dating them. It's that's that's just human. natural. Yeah, that's human. That's just being human. Yeah. What's interesting is I don't think a lot of men thought this through when they were asked the question because <laughs> you know we found that men were much more likely than women to say they would be interested in an open relationship. Thirty four percent to twenty three percent. So there is a higher percentage. It's more than three out of ten men would be open to that. Yeah as opposed to women. And when you break down the age groups that you were asking about, Jen, people under the age of 34 are way more interested than older people. I mean, that age group is just so much more open to everything. Yeah. Almost half of people under the age of 34 are interested in exploring open relationships. 
versus only 13% of people over the age of 55 who get how much work that is. <laughs> no, isn't that fascinating, though? Yeah. And I, I had a friend who, uh, I don't know, we were all gathered around, and this topic came up. And she said, if I thought this one, and she's pointing to her man, she said, if I thought this one could just have a strictly physical thing and emotions not get into it, she's like, I might actually consider it. But this one over here, it's like he's either all in or not. Yeah. You know? And so, he, like, he would fall in love with that other person not, and abandon you? Not or? fall in love, but form a bond. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that would get in the way. She would not be down yeah. with that. This has got to be someone you can basically discard right. at a moment's notice and feel nothing for other than the physical. Yeah. And she's like, he's not capable of doing that. Therefore, it ain't happening. Yeah. Well, maybe she'd be open to some polyamory. <laughs> if it's a person that she really feels connected and bonded with, too. Just why not bring them on in? Den's back, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but what happens, like, if, if you know, how many partners was reasonable in a situation like that? Like, maybe two or in three? In a polyamory yeah. situation? Like, there's an author that I'm a fan of, and I know that she is married, and they have another couple, and they're a fourple. Four players involved. Yes, four players involved, and they all live together, and they're, it's a very loving and that's a relationship, lot of and they're really happy. Everybody, and everybody loves everybody. And they got to live in harmony. Yeah. So if if there's like two people, if there's a dynamic where they don't quite click, maybe they don't even, they may not dislike each other, but they don't necessarily have it for each other. Feel, for you would have to, yeah. yeah. I mean, it would have to be that kind of situation. And everybody involved, I mean, think I'm about I'm exhausted thinking uh, well, about it. <laughs> just think about how open-minded and easygoing you would have to be to even think yeah. about becoming a part of that kind of lifestyle, you know? Yeah. You would have to be able to, you, you, you couldn't get upset about all kinds of crap all the time. I have so many yeah. questions, though, like, who, like how? Ask away. We got an expert sitting right <laughs> over here. But, like, how do you, like, for example, if I go home and I just, like, made out with partner number one, but yeah. partner number four wants to take me on, too, and I'm exhausted, and, like, there's just so many, like, well, partner just, number four now has three other choices. Yeah, but what if they only want me? And I'm like, I can't. I'm <laughs> exhausted. And then it's, I mean, like, I can't imagine that all working out okay. Like, I don't know. There's just so many questions about the logistics of it. Yeah. Or maybe that's the thing. There are no logistics. It's just, you know, whoo, just laid back and everybody... Everybody loves everybody. I wonder how often jealousy issues yes. do crop up, though, in polyamorous relationships. You know, despite the fact that they you know, think they have all the workings, the foundation in place where that won't be so much of an issue. I wonder how often it is. Yeah. I can't imagine it not being in play. Because that just is a natural you know, thing to have. We wouldn't be human beings have. if yeah, we didn't have exactly. moments at the of very insecurity. least. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to take a break here. Thanks for listening to the Q102 Jeff and Jen Morning Show Podcast, brought to you by CVG Airport. Fly healthy through CVG. For more information, go to CVG Airport backslash fly healthy.